this morning. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2 this morning. I want to speak on a subject that I, I, I think is just an exciting subject. And it's uh, basically the doctrine of justification. What does it mean to be justified? That word justified I think is a wonderful, wonderful word. And what I'm going to teach you today, it's not one of the most common teachings. There's a lot of people that might disagree with me on what some of the things I'm going to try to teach you this morning. And there's uh, really there's one chapter in the Bible that I think people, when they're speaking on justification, they like to use, and they use it in reference to salvation when it's not. And so I'm going to I'm going to teach you what I believe the Bible says about this. And we're going to look at the big exception because it'd be real easy for somebody to listen to what I preached this morning and then take you to one chapter in the Bible and just blow my sermon out of the water. Uh, but I'm going, to, I'm going to show you that even that right there, it actually totally backs up what I'm going to teach you today on this subject of justification. But Galatians chapter 2 and verse 11, and you know, I bring up how there's disagreement on this. And something you might not realize, that there's always been disagreement when it comes to doctrinal things in the Bible. Even Peter and Paul had a little spat with each other one time. And we're going to look at that right here in chapter 2, verse 11 of Galatians. It said, but When Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew, him, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the Gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou being a Jew livest after the manner of the Gentiles and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by the faith of Jesus Christ. I want you to make note of that verse. A man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. That's pretty clear. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ... We ourselves are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. All right, and so we let, we read a lot, and there's a lot we could talk about in this passage right here. But first off, I want to point out what justification means. Okay, if uh, justification basically means to prove or show to be just or conformable to the law. When he's saying by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Okay, now we know nobody is saved by keeping the works of the law, right? I think most Christians agree, or at least most Baptists agree, that nobody is saved by their works. It's not by how good you are 
that you get saved. I think we all understand that. I think we all know Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are ye saved. Through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I think we all know that. I think we agree with that. But now, this subject of justification, this is what proves that we're saved. Okay, The proof that we're saved, it's many times, even Baptist people think it's by keeping the works of the law. Now, we know you're not saved by works, but if you get saved, you're going to start keeping the works of the law. You're going to start doing good. I mean, you've heard it before. You know, sometimes we'll be talking about somebody. You know, this person, man, they were just a low down, dirty, rotten sinner. Man, they were a drunk. They were a drug addict. And then they got saved. And man, they quit drinking. They quit doing the drugs. They started going to church. They started wearing a suit and tie. They started giving their tithes and offerings. And, you know, praise God. When they got saved, they really got saved. Like somebody can get more saved than somebody else. Okay? You know, and they and they basically the proof that they got saved was in all the works they started doing. Man, they never missed a Sunday. They were at church all the time. They started reading their Bibles. They started being a witness. And listen, those are all good things. But the Bible says, "By the works of the law shall no man be justified." Because did you know that there are many people that are doing all the works? They go to church. They read their Bible. They I mean, they, they never miss a service. Some of them even witness. Some of them do many wonderful works. But yet, one day they're going to stand before God and Jesus is going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. So for us to say that we know somebody got saved because of all the good things they started doing, well, that doesn't really line up with the Scripture, does it? Because by the works of the law shall no man be justified. We are not justified. That is not the proof that we're saved. Another definition in the Webster's 1828 Dictionary says, in theology, to pardon and clear from guilt, to absolve or acquit from guilt and merited punishment, and to accept as righteous on account of the merits of the Savior or by application of Christ's atonement to the offender. Well, that dictionary would get banned from schools today, wouldn't it? I mean, right there, that was in the dictionary what it said. And so basically, when someone is justified, it's like if, for example, if you got accused of a crime, okay, if you found, if we read in the newspaper, you know, tomorrow that Brother Lonnie, you know, he was charged with, you know, murder, okay, well, we're all going to think bad about Brother Lonnie, and he's going to want, if he didn't do it, he's going to want to clear his reputation. He's going to want to be justified. He's going to want to make sure that everyone knows he didn't do it and he gets put on trial. And if it can be proved that he didn't do it, if we can show some evidence, maybe they say that he got, you know, he murdered somebody, you know, at 11:30 on Sunday, you know, October the 4th, okay? Well, he has a whole bunch of witnesses. And we can prove that he didn't do it. He could easily be justified of that. And that, you know, clear from guilt, we know he didn't do it. Now, sometimes people are innocent. But a lot of times they don't get justified. There is no proof that they are innocent. And, I mean, have you ever, maybe not a big thing that you go to jail for, but have you ever been accused of something or maybe everybody thought you did something and you, you were never justified? It was never proved that you were innocent even though you were innocent. And when you get saved, our justification, our proof that we're saved, it's not in the changed life. It's not in a spiritual gift. Okay, our proof that we're saved is in the faith of Jesus. Is faith in Jesus Christ. It's in faith. It's mentioned multiple times here in Galatians 
You know, by works, it's not justified. Okay, we are not justified by works. Here we see Peter. He kind of and that he he was wrong because around the Jews, he's living like the Jews. You know, he's following some of their customs and laws and things. And throughout the New Testament, the Jews were always when they would get saved, they'd always try to get some of their Old Testament practices brought into the church, some stuff that people had to do to basically prove that they were saved. Sometimes they wanted them to do these things in order to be saved, which was very easily refuted from the Scriptures. Even Peter, in the book of Acts, you can see where he, he realized, hey, this isn't going to work. Okay, We couldn't keep the law, and neither can these Gentiles. They're not going to be able to keep the law either. It's not by the works of the law. But yet, when it came to justification, the proof that he was saved, we see Peter was on the wrong side of this issue. And even Barnabas, a very close companion of Paul, he got caught up. In this thing, okay. So I think if Peter and Barnabas can get caught up in some of this stuff, you know, I think there's a lot of good people too in our world today that can get caught up in the wrong end of this. But Paul corrected it, didn't he? I mean, we have inspired scripture from God that uh, this, in fact, you know, they were wrong, and you can't find any of Peter's writings where he teaches anything to the contrary. Okay, so you know, the Bible always fits. And here we see that proof you're saved. It's not in what you do. And I say all this because we have, there's a lot of people today that are pretty sure they're going to heaven and they're sure they're going to heaven because they're a good person. And they might even be right on the doctrine of salvation. You know, They know, hey, well, I, I know it's not by works, but I, I know salvation, it's by faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but their assurance of their salvation is in the fact that, well, I'm a good person. I go to church all the time. I mean, I, I, I do good things. I witness to others. I read my Bible. They talk about all these good things they do, and they will use that sometimes as proof that they are saved. And then they'll look at other people who maybe made a profession, and they'll see those people, maybe they're not doing all the good things that they do. And they look down on them and think, no, that person, they must not have really gotten saved. And as a result of that, what ends up happening, we have... What I what I I didn't come up with this. I've heard people call it churchianity instead of Christianity. There is a culture that comes that's within the church, isn't there? And it's good stuff. Okay, you know, I mean, something that we like to do in church, man. We you know we like to get together on Sunday. We like to sing praises to God. You know, sometimes we even like to shout a little bit, maybe yell, yell out an amen or a hallelujah, and you know, we get excited about these things. But you know, we've got a lingo, don't we? I mean, you know, there's a difference between being born again and someone who got born again. I mean, if you're from southern churches, you really know what I'm talking about there. There's a difference between born again and got born again, things like that. I mean, you know, we, we all know some of the lingo and things that go on, and we really know how to talk like a Christian. We know the answers to all the questions, okay? And boy, there are people too, they look the part. They know how they're supposed to dress. They know how they're supposed to look and do their hair and all that stuff. They know which Bible they're supposed to bring to church. They know they're supposed to have their King James Bible with them. They know, they know all that stuff. They know the type of music that they're supposed to do. They know, you know, they're, they've been around the culture enough. They know that, hey, you know, we sing the songs and hymns and spiritual songs. We ain't doing none of that Christian rock stuff. We ain't doing none of that worldly contemporary CCM music. You know, that stuff's all of the devil. I mean, they know all that stuff, but you know what? They're just as lost as the drunk in the bar room. They're just as lost. And they're thinking 
because they've adapted to this culture that they're saved. And listen, if being a part of this culture means you're saved, then how come it is a very common thing for people who've been members of churches for years to get saved? It's because adapting to our culture here is does not save anybody. Now, unfortunately, it's what gets most people excited. Okay, I mean, there's people that I've led to the Lord out knocking doors that I have not been able to get into church. Okay, but I still believe they're saved. Now, we would all be more excited if we got them all in the pews here. If we got them all to conform to our our culture, our way of life. And I'm not saying any of these things are bad. Okay, I'm not saying the church culture is a bad thing. But I am saying that there are many people that know how to do church, but they're still not saved. And their assurance of their salvation is on how good they are at doing church. They can answer all the Bible questions. They look the part. They know how to act the part. But the Bible teaches that no one is saved by the works of the law. Maybe they used to before they went to church. They broke all those laws. They used to break all those Ten Commandments. And they quit breaking those Ten Commandments. I've heard preachers give testimonies before. Not Baptist preachers. But I've heard preachers just, you know, they're, they're giving their testimony about how they got saved and they'll talk about how, well, I used to, you know, I used to be a drunk. I used to hang out with the fellas and I used to do this. I used to do that. And, you know, one day I just, I quit doing all that stuff. I started going to church. I started reading my Bible. And it's like, Wait a minute. Where in the Bible does it say a person gets saved by going to church? Where does it say? You know, I heard one preacher one time. He was talking about all the things he used to do. You know, hanging out with the guys and and you know, just quit doing it. And it was like, you know, it sounds more like to me you just finally grew up. You know, it sounds like you finally just matured and became an adult. That's not salvation. But many people think it is, and our salvation, or the our justification. It's not by the works of the law. Okay, and in this passage here, we see a statement that Paul makes that's very interesting. He says, We, you know, who are Jews by nature and not sinners after the Gentiles. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that Jews aren't naturally sinners? Now, you can go ahead and try to make the argument that Jews aren't natural sinners, but then. You, know, you might want to not read the Old Testament because they did a lot of really horrible stuff, didn't they? But what he was talking about when he says they're not sinners after the Gentiles, for a Jew, when they would get saved back during that time, it was easier for them to adapt to the Christian way of life than for a Gentile. Because you know why? Jews were supposed to, they kept the Ten Commandments, didn't they? If they were a good Jew, they kept that Old Testament law. They kept that moral law that hasn't changed. Okay? And so when they got saved, things were pretty normal for them. It would be like, I think we can compare a Jew getting saved to basically a religious person getting saved. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in a Baptist preacher's home. I got saved when I was five years old. So you know what? I didn't have to go and you know tell my girlfriend she had to move out of the house or we had to get married. I didn't have to go and give up my cigarettes and my drinking. and I didn't have to give up all that stuff. There wasn't a big change that took place in my life because I was already living like a Christian. I didn't have to give up my cussing because I wasn't allowed to cuss as a five-year-old boy. I didn't have to quit you know, staying home and watching TV during church and start going to church. I was already going to church. 
I was going, I've been going to church since before I was born. Okay, in my mom's stomach, I was I was in church. Okay, so there wasn't a huge change that took place for me because it was it was really very natural for me to do those things because that's what I was taught. But here, the Gentiles they weren't taught to keep those Old Testament laws. They weren't taught to keep the Ten Commandments. They didn't have that law. And when they would get saved, there was a huge change that would take place for them. And a lot of times, Christians like me who went to church all my life, you know, they'll say things I don't understand a salvation that'll keep you out of hell, but can't even get you into church. Well, you know what? People like me don't know what it's like never having gone to church. Okay? I mean, I've always went to church. Not a big change. And but for a Gentile, for someone who grew up with a completely different background, it is a big deal for them. You know, some people are scared of going to church. Now, you and I are like, there's nothing scary here. Well, sometimes there is. But, but, no. but for somebody who's never done it, it it's, a diff- it's different for them. It, it's a change. And it's, it's hard. You know, giving up some of those things. I mean, you know, some, I've, I know people that got saved and they had a really hard time giving up the swearing and using God's name in vain because it was just habit. They did it all the time. But someone who grows up in church, you know, from the time you're a little kid, you're told not to do those things. It's not hard. It's not a big change. And so Paul here, he's showing, he's showing that example here and then reminding them that, hey, it's not by the work. We're not justified by the works of the law. Because many of those Jews that had quote unquote gotten saved, they were adapting to the culture just fine, but they weren't saved. And many of these Gentiles who were struggling with the culture, they were more saved than Jews. They actually were saved, and they were looking at them thinking, "Oh man, why can't these people keep some of these laws? You know, why can't why can't they even get their carcasses in church? You know, why can't they straighten out their life? Why can't they fix their language? They must not really be saved." And Paul is saying, "Listen, by the works of the law shall no flesh." Be justified, and no one is saved by the works of the law. So it was easier for a Jew to follow the law than a Gentile because they didn't need to change that much. And also, we see in the Bible that salvation was easier for a Gentile than for a Jew. The Jews struggled with salvation. Look over at Acts chapter 13 and verse 38. Acts chapter 13. And verse 38 says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this, through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things. All that believe. That's how you get saved, right? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. All that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Did you see that right there? He said you can't be justified by the law of Moses. You can't prove you're saved because you're keeping the law. Nobody is justified by the law of Moses. Nobody ever did it. Remember that rich young ruler that came to Jesus Christ? He said, all these have I kept from my youth up. But that man was not saved. He was not saved even though he had probably done a better job keeping the law than anybody else. But that man went away lost. He did not get justified because no one is justified by the laws before and after salvation. And then verse uh, 40, "...beware therefore, lest, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets, behold ye despisers and wander and perish." 
For I will work a work in your days, a work that ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached unto them the next Sabbath. Okay, so right here we he says, "Hey, it was prophesied in the prophets that I'm going to do a work that you won't believe." And for the most part, there were many, but the Jews struggled with believing. They struggled with faith. They wanted to do those works of the law. But notice the Gentiles here, they heard Him preach that and they're like, hey, can you preach this to us again? Hey, we want to hear this next week too. We want to hear more about this. And there were always Jews that would get saved. And even today, there are some Jews that have gotten saved. But it's very hard for them. And not only was it hard for Jews back then, I'm going to tell you right now, some of the hardest people in the world to bring to Christ and to see get saved are religious people. People who grew up in church, they've been in church all their life. They've been good people all their life. I mean, they've given their tithes and offerings. They've never done nothing to nobody. They've been good people. And you tell them, hey, your salvation is not based on your goodness. They, they struggle with that. They'll see somebody who gets saved off the street. They'll see someone who gets saved because somebody knocked on their door, gave them the plan of salvation they believed, and there's no way that person is saved before I'm saved. They'll see that person that's maybe struggling to get their life together. I mean, listen, we don't. If you've never been involved in you know drugs and alcohol and things, I mean, it's. I don't know if we can imagine what it's like. I mean, there are some sins that are tough to overcome, and yes, God can give people the victory over those sins, but it's still hard. And getting victory over those sins is not proof that you're saved, okay? Because there's a lot of secular groups out there that help people get over addictions and things. But those people don't get saved because they got over their addictions. That's not what saves them. And justification is faith in Jesus Christ. And we'll explain that a little more, a little bit more in a little bit. But salvation, though, it is. It's easier for a heathen out there than it is for a religious person. Religious people are hard, very hard to bring to Christ because they struggle with faith. To them, it's all about the works of the law. In salvation, it's easier for it's easier for a heathen than a religious person. Look at Romans chapter nine and verse thirty. Romans chapter nine and verse thirty. Look at what it says. It says, What shall we say then that the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith? But Israel which followed after the law of righteousness hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, why? Okay, what he's saying here, so the, it, people struggle with this. So the Gentiles who weren't looking for salvation. Okay, some of you maybe, before you got saved, you weren't looking for God. Okay, none of us, no man seeketh after God. It was God that came looking for us. Okay? We, they weren't looking for salvation, they weren't looking for righteousness. And the Jews who were trying to be righteousness, or trying to be righteous. The Jews who were trying to follow the law, you're saying that the Gentiles got salvation when they weren't looking for it before the Jews who were looking for salvation? How can that be? Wherefore is what he's saying here. What? Why? What? How did that happen? And right here, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at this stumbling stone as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. He's saying, hey, 
they didn't look, it wasn't by faith. It was by the works of the law. And let me, listen, I want to say this again. The works of the law are good. Okay? Following the Bible is good. Obeying the commands is good. But nobody gets saved by it. And nobody even proves they're saved by it. No one is saved. No one is justified by the works of the law. I mean, I'm, I'm, there's a zillion other scriptures we can go into. We don't have time to prove that. But it is easier for a heathen to get saved than a religious person. It just, it always has been. But the entire lifestyle of one who is just, one who is justified, it's one of faith. A verse that's quoted many times in the Bible, uh, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, you don't have to turn there, it says this, it says, For I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. They will live by faith. Not by the works of the law, but by the faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. If the Gospel was about works, I would be ashamed. Notice he said, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ. But if the Gospel was about works, we would all have something to be ashamed of. You know why? Because not only have we broken most of the law, but we don't even know most of the law. You know, you got all these churches full of all these people that think they're so good because they're so religious. And I'll bet if you went up to them and said, name the Ten Commandments, they couldn't do it. I mean, we'll, we'll, right now, if I just pointed out somebody and said, name, name the Ten Commandments, maybe I'll do it. You know, I'll get nervous, right? I've got to name the Ten Commandments in front of everybody? You can't even do that. Okay? And the truth is, I mean, I think you ought to know the commandments, but if, it, if that's what it was about, we'd be ashamed, wouldn't we? I mean, have you ever done that? But you know, Maybe taken a test or got a quiz or asked a question in front of everybody and you didn't know the answer? You were ashamed, weren't you? And if, okay, if salvation or justification was about the works of the law, we, I, I could shame any of you. All I'd have to do is just start bringing up some of these laws and just ask you in front of everybody. You know, go to any man in here. Have you ever looked at a woman to lust after her? Tell the truth. You're in church, you know. You're going to be ashamed, aren't you? Because we've all sinned. And if, but Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Jews and Gentiles, they get saved by the gospel, by faith in Jesus Christ, and it is not about the works of the law. I would be ashamed if that was about because you know what? My works aren't very good. Any of you in here, you study the Bible very long at all, you could find a law that I've broken. You know how easy it is to find other people's sins? We struggle finding our own sometimes, don't we? But finding others is easy. And any of us, we could accuse anybody in here and it would be so easy to make other people feel bad and to make them ashamed because we've all broken the law of God. But thank God... By the works of the law shall no man be justified. We are justified. We are saved by the work of Jesus Christ. So I'm not ashamed of the Gospel because it's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. Okay? I know I'm going to say it. If it was keeping the works of the law, I could not stand here and boldly proclaim that I know 100% sure that I'm going to heaven because I would know there's too many laws people could point out that I broke there's too many areas where I've fallen short. But I can, with 
I mean, with great confidence, say, I know I'm saved today. You know why? Because Jesus Christ paid for my sin. Jesus Christ died on the cross for me, and He offered me that free gift of salvation. I didn't pay one dime for it. I didn't do one work for it. I just received that gift of salvation. And you know, I'm not ashamed of that. And I thank God that it, that's how it's done because by the works of the law, I couldn't do it. And you know what? If religion brings justification, you'd have to be perfect. Okay? Romans chapter 2 and verse 25. There's so many Scriptures that we could go to. I'm, I'm going to have to skip most of them. I've got them in the bulletin. I encourage you to go home and read them. But Romans 2.25, For circumcision very verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. People wanted to keep that practice in the church after they got saved. And Paul said, listen, if salvation is by those things, that's fine. That'll work. Hey, if you want, if, if, if there's anybody here you'd like to just be an Old Testament Jew like back then, go ahead. You can get to heaven that way. But you've got to keep every single one of those laws. And you know what? We, you've already blown it. Okay? <laughs> I mean, we've all fallen short. And so you can go and try to take some of those things, but understand, if you're putting your faith and trust in those works of the law, you have to take the whole package. You don't just get to pick the ones that you like. You have to take the whole package. And that's just not going to work. And there's other references that you could look at that remind us that you have to keep all of it. James 2.10 Galatians 5, 1-7. I wish we had time to go through those. But you have to keep all of the law of God. And so, yeah, you can get to heaven by religion. You know, be an Old Testament Jew. Keep every single bit of the law. But you mess that up on day one. You're a natural born sinner. Anyone who says they've kept the law is a liar. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7 Boy, I wish we had time to go through all these scriptures. Revelation chapter three and verse seven. I want to, this. I think this is an interesting passage here. It says, "And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things: saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word." And not denied my name. He's saying good things, and he says you've had a little strength. Okay, they they were doing good things, but then notice what he says here in verse nine. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee, because thou hast kept the word of my patience. I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. He's talking about those in the synagogue of Satan. And I believe he was talking about the Jewish people there who thought they were saved by keeping the law. By keeping that Old Testament law. But he's like, you've kept the word of my patience. They had faith. They were the ones who were saved. And notice what he said about their strength. Okay, He commended them. What they were doing was good, but at the same time, you know, you've had little strength. They did, they weren't justified. They weren't saved because of how good they were. It was just a little they had. God commended them for it. But the thing is, this church wasn't basing their salvation on their works. They kept they kept the, they held on to the truth. They believed it was by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And he refers to that synagogue of Satan, those who think they're saved by keeping the Old Testament law. And he 
So I'm going to make them worship before thy feet. God prophesied. And there's many other passages we don't have time to look at. The Bible talks about he is not a Jew that is one outwardly. Someone who is, you know, there's people out there, they say they're Jews because, well, maybe they descend from Jews. They dress like Jews. They wear the hats. They got the beards. They wear the prayer shawls. They do all that stuff. They have the circumcision. But the Bible says that's not a Jew. That's one outwardly. It's an inward thing. The Bible talks about the circumcision that's in the heart. God was talking in the Old Testament in Jeremiah, He was talking to the Jews that they were circumcised on the outside, but God said, You're not circumcised in the heart. And even though they were Jews, they were lost because they weren't believing in God. And there's still people today who claim to be Jews that the Bible says they're not. You know why? Because they're not circumcised in the heart. They don't believe God. They're trying to keep the works of the law. They're trying to stick to those old practices that never saved anybody. And so, and there, I wish we could go into all the scriptures in that. But anyone who says they've kept the law is a liar. The Bible says, if we have no sin, if we say we have no sin, we make him a liar, and the truth is not in us. There's none righteous, no, not one. But then in James two, go to James chapter two because there is a passage that on the surface appears to be a huge contradiction to what I've been teaching you here. All right, so look, but I want you to I want you to see this. James chapter two, verse fourteen. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say that he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Now, I've been saying all along it's by faith in Jesus Christ that we're saved. Our justification is by faith in Jesus Christ. And there's people that want to say, no, there's, if you don't have the works, you never were really saved. Uh, there's even people that say you have to you know, do the works or at least try to do the works to be saved. And look what it says there. Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth the profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. By the time you just erased your whole message, you preach, you wasted all our time. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith. And I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Now believest there is one God, thou doest well. Devils also believe and tremble. It's not just believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, the devils believe and tremble. But thou wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. And we're not going to go through all of it, but I submit to you that this passage proves exactly what I'm trying to tell you. Because first of all, what is this faith he's talking about? It's not faith that brings salvation. He's talking about if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food. If somebody comes to church today and they's like, Brother Tommy, I'm hungry. I don't have any food. I have no money to buy food. And I say to them, Hey, well, you know what? I have faith that God is going to feed you. And I don't give them anything. You know what? Faith without works is dead. I didn't help that person one bit. Hey, you're hungry, man. Hey, let's let's all. Hey, folks, we, you know we got a family at church today. They're hungry. Why don't we all get together and pray for them? Because we have faith that God's going to feed you. You know what? If we don't actually feed them, okay, faith without works is dead. Okay, and that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about salvation in this passage. But let me say, when it comes to salvation. Without works, there is no salvation. So what's the work of salvation? Well, it's the work of Jesus Christ. He did 
the work for salvation. Okay? Our salvation was not a salvation that was received without any works at all. There was a work. There was a payment. It was made by Jesus Christ. He made that payment for our sins. He did the work that brings salvation. And to get saved, all we have to do is put our faith and trust in His works. Our faith is not in, our salvation is not in some baseless thing of just nothingness. Jesus Christ paid for our sins. He shed His blood for our sins. He did something. He did a great work beyond any work that could ever be done. And the work that brings salvation was all done by Jesus Christ on the cross. And when it comes to salvation, it's not about our works. It's about the work of Jesus Christ and we put our faith and trust in His work. Now, when it comes to feeding somebody, okay, Jesus dying on the cross does not fill somebody's belly, does it? Okay? But you giving them food can. You, know, you helping them financially, that can help them. That can feed them. And so understand that faith without works is dead is absolutely true. And our faith in salvation is not a faith without works. It's a faith in the work of Jesus Christ. It's in the faith of Jesus Christ. That's when, that, when the Bible talks about it, by the faith of Jesus Christ, we're trusting in His works. We're not trusting in our works of the law. I don't think I'm saved today because I go to church all the time because I don't, you know, I don't cuss and I don't, you know, live like a devil. I never killed anybody. I never stole anything. I don't believe I'm saved because of that. My faith and trust is in the, it's in the faith of Jesus Christ. I have faith that He died on the cross, that He paid for my sins, and that His Word is true when it says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And our justification, our proof that we're saved, it's in the blood of Jesus Christ. It's in His blood. Romans chapter 5 and verse 6 through 9. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 9. See if I can find it here. I've got so many scriptures up here. It says, For we, for when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we should be saved from wrath through Him. The proof that I am saved is not by because I'm wearing a suit today. The proof that I'm saved is not because I'm pastoring a church, because I read my Bible, because of anything I've ever done, the proof that I'm saved is in the blood of Jesus Christ. And my justification is based on my faith in Him. Unfortunately, I can't give anybody anything physical that I can show you to prove that I'm saved. It's in the faith of Jesus Christ. That's where our justification is. We're saved by grace through faith. We're justified by faith. The just shall live by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And people are going to, they'll do whatever they can to get faith out of the picture. And they'll even come up with a religion where you've got to do the works of the law to be saved or even to prove you're saved. And it never saved anybody. It never proved anybody was saved. Some of the nicest, best people in the world that you've ever met sometimes ended up being murderers. Ended up being absolute frauds and phonies. Because... As far as we can tell, they were keeping all that stuff. But boy, they were a devil. Judas, he did miracles. He did works. He was a disciple of Christ. But Jesus said, one of you is a devil. Okay? It wasn't about the works. And there's Scripture after Scripture where I can show you that. Our justification is there. And I hope you do good. I hope you do the works of the law. 
Okay, I want us to have the right kind of culture here at the church, I guess you could say. But I hope no one ever thinks that they're saved because they've adapted to the way of Liberty Baptist Church. You're not going to get saved by that. I hope no one ever tries to prove they're saved and points people to the fact that, hey, you know, you need you need to be a Christian. What does it mean to be a Christian? Well, come to Liberty Baptist Church and we'll show you. You know, look at what we do. You know, look at what we don't do. Don't point them at us. Point them at the blood of Jesus Christ. Point them at Him because He's where you get saved. This is just a place where we come and we get together and we praise Him. We worship Him. We talk about Him. We teach people about Him. Where it's all about Him. Church, most churches today, it's all about the people. It's all about us. You know, what do we like? You know, what what's fun? You know, what brings us pleasure? What brings us joy? You know, what we're supposed to be about is Jesus Christ. And our justification, it's in His blood. Not one work. Don't ever bring up a work that you've done to prove you're saved, to say you're saved. It has nothing to do with it. There are people out there that have lived way better lives than any of us and they're going to die and go to hell because they never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And that's where salvation's at. And so, With that, let's all go ahead and stand together right now.